So what does it mean to be holy? What are the battles along the way to holiness? Do I believe I need to be holy? Why do I need to be holy? And can God come into me and make me holy? God led me to this little devotional. It's my utmost um, for his highest. And it kind of, I'm going to read this part. It says, um, we, are, we are destined to be holy. That destiny is God's intentions for us. It says, we are not destined to happiness nor to health, but to holiness. We have for too, for too many, wait a minute. We have far too many desires and interests and our lives are being consumed and wasted by them. God says, your desire should be for him. He says, you should delight yourself in the Lord, and he would give you the desires of your heart. But basically, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he becomes the desire of your heart. God has only one intended destiny for mankind, and that's holiness. His only goal is to produce saints, a pure bride. He's not some eternal blessing machine for people to use. He came to save us because he created us to be holy. He died for us so that he could put me back into oneness with himself. So to maintain holiness before God, what should I be on the lookout for? Never tolerate any practice that is not in keeping with a holy God. Holiness means absolute purity of your walk before God. So what should I be on guard for? The words coming out of my mouth. And every thought in my mind, how I treat people. Really, placing every detail of my life under the scrutiny of God himself. He's the one I have to be pleasing to. Holiness is not something God just gives me. Holiness should be exhibited in my daily life. There's a psalm, Psalm 139, and it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So that's a prayer of David. I mean, we're we're talking Old Testament and he has a better grasp on things, I think, than we do. All right? Do we care about our responses, how we act, all right, how we think, how we speak? All right? It's important. We are to be Christ-like, Christians, Christ-like, right? That's what God's after. The more we walk with him, the more we're to be like him. And God's holy. So what are, what are the battles that I face? Feelings, my thought life from the past, my old sin nature, they're still on the hard drive of my heart and mind. So how, how do I deal with them? Romans 12, 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Right? Not man-pleaser, God-pleaser. 
which is your reasonable service. This is just what's expected as you walk with God. This is not anything outstanding or anything. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Okay? And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, keeping in this word, keep seeking God, right? that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Right? So how do I deal with them? Then that's Romans 12 too. But now that I have received Christ, I have to come into agreement with what God says about sin. Not tolerate it, not suppress it, not counteract it, but crucify it. Kill it. It has no place in us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 said, God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So when the picture is, so Jesus became sin for us, and when Jesus was nailed to that cross, sin was being nailed to that cross. Okay? That's what he thinks of sin. The power of sin was destroyed by, by Jesus going to that cross. Let's see, Colossians 2, 11. It says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. He's talking about circumcision of our hearts, right? By putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. By the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, that sin was nailed and taken down, that sin, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So our sin life is taken down, right? We, we raise up a new creature in Christ. Let's see. And being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your, of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle. The enemy thought he had God. He had Jesus by taking to the cross. It was all God's plans all along. It was just the opposite. Here he says that he paraded those principalities, right? He made a spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Therefore, let no one... Okay, that's it. So anyway, very important. God's after the circumcision. He's done away with our trespasses. We are forgiven if we... That's the grace he's provided. That's what we believe. That's what we receive. Okay? It takes the Holy Spirit in us to reveal to us that sin must die in me. Oh, let's see. So our prayer should be, Lord, identify me with your death until I know that sin is dead in me. This becomes the goal as you're walking with God. I want to be pleasing to him. I want to be like him. A little son walking with his dad. I want to be like dad. You know, I walk like him. You know, I want to dress like him. He got a hat, I got a hat. 
He looks sideways, I look sideways, all right? That's what he's after. I mean, that's a pretty neat picture. So, are you prepared to let the Spirit of God search you until you know what the level and nature of sin is in your life in order to see the very things that struggle against God's Spirit in you? Then it becomes a matter of your will before God. His Holy Spirit, this is, what you're, this is what you're to allow. The Holy Spirit to move in you, you have to let him. You have to give him, he, he, you need permission. You need to tell God, come, right? And that's what pleading is. You're begging God, I want to be different. I need your touch because you are not going to be delivered apart from the Holy Spirit. You won't. You cannot. You cannot. That's why all these self-helps are so, programs are so rich. People can never do it in the world. They can't. You just keep coming and coming and coming and coming. So, Romans 6, pretty long, but I I, I want to read it. It's very important. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You hear Trudy talk about it over and over and over about hyper-grace. Well, don't worry about it. You're covered by God's blood, so you can do what you want. What shall we then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not, emphatically. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So think of the process. Baptism, all right? I've gone down. My life has gone down to crucify sin, and now I'm going to let it live again? No, no way. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. It's the upside to this. Yeah, there's death, but man, there's new life afterwards and that's an awesome thing. For, we have been, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly also we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that this, our old man, our sin nature, right, was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Big word, very important to know. Whoever you serve, that's who you're a slave to. Okay? You serve God, you're a slave to righteousness. You serve the devil, you're a slave to sin. Right? And it has power over you. You're giving power and permission all right, when, when you operate this way. It says, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Sin has no place in me. That's, that's the goal. That's what I'm on the guard for. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. And if it's over, not over him, then it's not over us. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. 
Reckon. Reckon is kind of like a measurement. You've got a scale. God's holiness is on that scale. Okay? Your life, is it going to tip down because of sin or is it going to be balanced with God? Reckon it. Okay? Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. This is talking about practicing sin. You're allowing it and you keep going and you're in agreement with it. Christian doesn't do that. doesn't mean that we don't sin. We obviously do or there would be no need for one, for one giant, one nine to confess your sins, right? And he is faithful and just to forgive. God knows we're frail, right? But you're not letting, you're not practicing sin. You're not letting it reign in you that you should obey it and it's in its lust. And do not surrender your bodies as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but surrender yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. Surrender. Surrender your bodies. And we just read in Romans 12 too that you present your bodies. Same thing. Surrender your bodies. You present your bodies a living sacrifice. So we have a goal. The goal is I want to live before my God, all right? The best way that I know that he's instructed me, all right, and his Holy Spirit is the enabling power to do so. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you, you can't do that. I can promise you you can't. But it's only the power of the God imp- imputed into us, put into us, that allows us to live this way. For sin shall not have dominion over, over you. So let's go back again to our first parents in the garden. They surrendered their bodies as instruments of unrighteousness when they went against God's word. Right? And in so doing gave up a good master for an evil master, a taskmaster. That's who the devil is. All right? And they were Eve was, you know, duped. Right? There's no excuse for Adam. I don't, I'm not quite, I still not quite understand what happened there, but anyway. Because <laughs> it said Eve was, was deceived, but Adam was not deceived, and so not a good thing. So women, you can pray for us, guys. Okay, not so much in agreement over there. <laughs> Romans, Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Who do we serve? Who reigns over us? Let's take a look at Paul. We don't have to even read every single scripture, all right? But if you read the beginning of every epistle, okay? One Corinthians starts, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Galatians, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ. Ephesians, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Are, are all these words true about us? And should that be our mindset? Okay. 1 Timothy, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Goes on to say the same thing about an apostle in 2 Timothy, Titus, and James. Philemon says, Paul, a prisoner 
of Christ Jesus. Jesus was Paul's master and Lord. His focus, his goal was to know and serve Jesus no matter what he faced. Paul said he had chains in prison, but, but those chains were Jesus' chains for him. Different mindset when you know that you belong to him. Paul recognized who, who his master was. He was an apostle, a servant, and prisoner of the Lord Jesus. He also knew that we will always have a master. Whatever you are a slave to, that's your master. This I didn't write, and this thought came to me. It was like, you watch all the other religions, and basically, they're serving demons. And they're better at what they do than we are. The other one was, and I shared this in the, earlier in the yesterday, was, uh, I don't know how many of you guys know about Star Wars or not, but when Darth Vader talks with the Emperor, it's always, yes, my master. Yes, my master. Right? He's serving the devil, but I mean, it's immediate. Yes, my master. Man, if we were to be yes, my master with Jesus like that, Wow. Let's see. In verse 5, our old man, our sin nature, this is out of the Romans 6 one, it says, our, our sin nature was crucified to him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. This. So the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's all encased in all that. It's all of that. That's all, every sin has its place to there. But slaves to sin, love of money, what drives you? The love of position, Man, I got a fancy car. Look at my clothes. Look at who I am. Except for inside, you're a can of worms, right? Okay. It says, you know, do you love where you live, your place? Or is, is this how you, what, what, how you associate yourself, right? Is this important to you, the love of worldly pleasures? What should take place? What should take the place of worldly pleasures, God? And God alone is my all. So now how do I call myself? Do I call myself a child of God, an adopted son? You know what's cool about adopted son? My, my parents chose me. They chose me. He chose me. I can't believe he did, but I'm so grateful he did. I am his. He is mine. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Let's act like our own special people. He's my shepherd and I'm his sheep. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. And Leviticus 11.45 says, For I am the Lord who brings you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. So we got that in the back, right there in the forefront of our head. So Exodus 13 He emphasizes over and over and over in 16 verses. I think he does it four times. Uh, that he himself is the one, right, that took us out of the land of Egypt, the land of bondage. So he wants that, no matter what, to keep that in the forefront of our hearts and minds 
as we attack the day. Right? And Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you went out of Egypt. So they've literally just been, they've just been paraded out. They've gone and taken all the goodies from Egypt because God told them to ask and they gave them to them and they're camped. They haven't even camped by the Red Sea yet. Right? And this is, this is where we're at. But before they go another step, here's, the, here's the, the words. Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. That's verse 3. Verse 9, for with a strong hand, the Lord brought you out of Egypt. Verse 14, so it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, who is this? And we're talking about, or what is this? They're talking about celebrating the Passover, right? That you should say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Verse 16, it shall be as a sign. It shall be as a sign on your hand and as frontlets between your eyes. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. He wants them to remember don't forget this. Numbers fifteen thirty seven says, Again the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels in the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. And you shall have the tassel that you may look at it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them that you may not Follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. Wow. God really does know my heart better than I do. So he knows we're vulnerable, right? He knows stuff was on the hard drive. That's what we prayed this morning. We've had experiences. There's been stuff put on our hard drive. that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined, and that you, remem- that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy for your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. We lived a certain way in the world before coming to Christ, and it's had an effect on us. The word to us, would it say be on guard? the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. Wait a minute, but God's given us a new nature. He's given us the power of his Holy Spirit, all right? These are, these have, he has overcome them, and we are to be overcomers in him, all right? So when you're going through trials, the testing of our faith, sometimes we respond out of the old nature. Fear, anger, lust, covetousness, and so on. If we recognize these things in the depth of our hearts, know that the Holy Spirit is allowing you to be aware of this sin. Allow the godly sorrow that you experience when you see this and let let this lead you to repentance. This is the purpose. Okay? God wants us. He wants us to be with us, right? I spoke last time, many weeks ago, that light makes manifest the darkness. 
Light exposes the sin in us. The Holy Spirit wants us to take this conviction to him so that we can be changed and be holy. But understand the example the Lord gave us about the children in the wilderness. Their reaction to every test was to question God's goodness and his love and power, and they wanted to go back. They wanted to go back to the hell that they cried out to God to take them out of. The very place that God had delivered them from. Joel said something. and I know I'm not going to say it right, but it, it pretty much to this effect. Sin separates for you from God, and yet we should be running to him all right, for that answer. So sin wants to separate you out, but once you see that sin, your job really is run to him because he's the only answer for that sin. They could never get their focus on God. They were afraid, they didn't trust, and they didn't believe God. All they could think of was their safety and their stomachs. So let's finish off Exodus 13. How were they to remember God's deliverance? By a feast. Right there in the middle of 13, I skipped over it. It says, verse 6, Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast of the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and no leavened bread shall be seen among you, nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters. And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, This is done because of what the Lord did for me. What was leaven? Leaven represents corrupt teaching, infectious sin, and false doctrine. That's what they were, that's what they were to remember. But what about us? What are we to remember? Matthew 26, 17. Everything that happened in the Old Testament is all it is is a picture of Jesus and what he did in the New Testament. So on Matthew 26, 17, it says, Now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? They go through some stuff and get down to verse 26 where they're actually celebrating the Passover. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Verse 27, Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it, gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. Right? For the remission, let's see, For this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins, forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Same as he told them, no different. Make sure as you're walking, remember this fact. So when they had the Passover, they killed the lamb, best lamb they had, they put blood on the doorposts, and the angel of death passed over them. Same thing with us. Same thing with us. The blood of Jesus covers us, and we are seen in this sight before God. So I'm going to close with this one thought. So what if we were to take communion every morning? Between just each other. Before you start your day, sit down and have communion and do this in remembrance of him.
Wouldn't we want to be with him who loved us so much that he died for me and delivered me and gave me the power to be able to walk with him? But to walk with a holy God means we must be holy. Now I'll close in a